0: At QUT, we believe that teachers do more than build understanding. They build confidence, resilience. They help students to make sense of the real world. So shouldn't we give teachers all the support they need? We think so. If you feel the same way, this podcast is for you. Welcome to QUT PodClass.
1: Every step that you take forward, you're actually changing a child's life. You're taking people with you. This idea of the silent classroom
0: is also a little bit of a myth and could be getting in the way. They have very little time to just take a breath, sit down and think... Where do I want to go? What do I want to do with my career?
1: It's amazing how many fresh ideas you can have when you can ask your question of the entire world.
0: I've given it all I've got. I am exhausted and I need a break. I think that is part of it.
1: She turned it around because she invested in
0: herself. (laughs) Welcome back to PodCast. In the last episode, we looked at the importance of teacher well-being and the burnout that's contributing to 30% of teachers walking away in the first five years. In this episode, I'd like to follow up on that topic and explore more of the strategies that can help mitigate stress. And once again, here to help is Rebecca Spooner-Lane. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Madonna. Rebecca, does mentoring play a part in a teacher's well-being?
1: It certainly does, particularly for early career teachers, that initial mentoring from someone that's more experienced than themselves. And, you know, again, it just comes down to being able to share with at least one person your vulnerabilities.
0: But should you share that with a mentor? Might you feel as though that's something that you might want to more share with a peer, that it might impact on your career? No, so that's the perfect... Um, place to share.
1: So your mentor is someone you need to be able to trust, that they keep the conversations confidential, um, and that there's a real um, excitement quite often to um, share the ups and downs of school life with.
0: So how would you choose a mentor?
1: I personally would choose a mentor that I initially had conversations with and I actually think, wow, we, we really sort of get on and Click. we've got similar ideas and it would be lovely to have that person support me in, you know, in a mentoring role.
0: In some cases, principals line people up. From what yes. you're saying, that's not necessarily a good idea because it might be the person you choose as a mentor.
1: Um, look, I think you can influence the principal too. You can have those conversations. You know, if I'm, I, I would love a mentor be proactive in actually asking for it. And some of the people I've spoken to already are these people and I'd, I'd love it if I could be paired with them. If you're assigned a mentor, I would actually spend that initial time with them, getting to know them and doing that more, what do we have in common so we know how to
0: progress forward. If you're, let's just say you're a year four teacher and you're thinking, you know, I don't have a mentor, How? where would you go would you, would you go to the principal? Would you ask someone directly? Would you go outside your school to another school? Well, I think you've got a couple of opportunities. Um,
1: so if you're in a more remote area, you may not want someone who's actually at that school, mm-hmm. you know, um, or you might, but I'm just saying yeah. because it's a closed community, you might feel more comfortable having an online mentor and there are opportunities for that. Um, if you're in a school, though, you um, And you want a mentor and you haven't been given one, you know, the opportunity is there to speak to your leadership team and say, you know, one of the things that I think will help me progress more quickly is to actually have a mentor. Can we actually get that up and running? Tell me about a mentor of your own. Uh, look, I've had some great mentors over my career, um, and I think your needs with uh, mentor change over time. So early on in my career, I needed someone to actually go through, you know, and talk to me about what effective teaching is and how do you do that in the classroom. Um, you know, I needed to actually understand really simple things like taking the class role, where does the role go afterwards, things yeah. like that. Um So, um, but as I progressed in my career, my needs have changed, so I've needed someone to really guide me in leadership. So where
0: did you look for them?
1: uh, Well, I think when you've actually been in the profession for a while, you actually... um, you can actually, uh, through your conversations again, start to see some of the qualities that you really admire in another person. Yes. And, uh, you know, even someone that you may even want to emulate or that they've actually had great ideas about how you can progress your career when you've had a, an informal conversation. And quite often that's how I seek out someone. Would
0: you use your mentor to discuss promotion opportunities, for example? Oh, absolutely. What about if your mentor, the relationship isn't working out. You, yes. d- you don't like what they're saying or, you know, it's difficult because they're more senior. Yeah, as in... we call them awkward <laughs> conversations. <laughs>
1: um, yes. So if you're in a formal arrangement, that can be very tricky. Um, and quite often, one of you has to be proactive in that situation um, and just actually recognise that... Um, that there may be some, you know, someone else that would be able to provide the advice and... and um,
0: Even if you were the mentee, if, if look, the mentor not having
1: that I've actually been in this situation myself where I actually... And there was nothing wrong with my mentor. I just, personality-wise, we didn't click. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've actually had to break away from a relationship because I was just thinking, as much as I like you on an everyday basis for what you do, I'm not sure where the right combination. I needed more from that person, in the sense that you know. Um I might have wanted some tangible assistance with something, and this person wasn't able to give me that, and they weren't being they didn't have the knowledge or the experience to give me what I needed at that. You're
0: painting it like a breakup with a boyfriend.
1: Was
0: difficult, really challenging. (laughs) So, how did did you actually do? Did you go and make an appointment and say, "Yes," because they were more senior than you, presumably?
1: Yes. Oh, much more senior. Um, Yes, and I'm thinking back to that time and trying to remember how that all evolved, but um, I think it. It was just a matter of, you know, probably having that conversation that that at this point in time um, I probably had got from the relationship what I needed and I was very thankful what they had contributed. Um, And how did they take it? Well, we remained friends and, you know, can still work together.
0: Well, because you've taught 3,500 teachers, is that right, on how to become a good mentor?
1: Yes. So what actually makes a good mentor? Um, they listen for a start. Um, They listen to that person and try and actually find out what it is they need. And it's a bit like going into a counselling relationship. You know, when you, um, I often say this to my students, or even, you know, seeing a doctor, if you don't like that doctor, you tend not to go back to that doctor. It's the same with counselling. If they're giving you advice or things that don't fit with you, you're going to go, oh... I'm actually going to pull back now. So for me, it's about saying when we actually talk, does this person listen? Do they value my ideas, my contributions, or are they leading this? Because it's my career path. Yes. And I want to take ownership for it. I want to have some agency in that. Um, So I don't want to be a carbon copy of someone else. I actually want to have the freedom to explore, to experiment, to take risks. And a good mentor will support all of that. They'll challenge your thinking. You know, that for me was really important for someone to actually go, why do you think that happened, Rebecca, in the classroom? You know, why do you think that student got upset with what you said? Um, I still remember once making, very early on in my career, and I still feel quite guilty about this, but... um, Well, I had a particular student that would always laugh at themselves and that was the delight of this particular student is they always had a good laugh about themselves and then I made a quip once about, you know, you might find this more challenging because of... um, you know, they basically admitted what their weaknesses were and we, we laughed about it, but then she came to me afterwards and said, Rebecca, that really hurt. I'm okay to laugh at myself, but when you pointed out yes. my weakness in front of everyone else, that wasn't okay. And I remember just feeling gutted at the time and devastated. So, So um, what did
0: you do? What did well, you say to her? Did you apologise? Oh,
1: totally, yeah. yeah. And that was not in my intention. I was actually trying to laugh with you because I love your, you know, your ability to do that. So, but when you've got a mentor and you can actually say, oh, that's, oh this really horrible thing happened and I know it was my fault. Yeah. Um, it's really nice to have someone listen to that and go, okay, why do you think it happened? What would you do differently next time? Okay, how do you think you'll move on from this? How do you yes. think you'll... Um, resolve this tension between you and this student? What will you do? Will you check in on them next week? You know, having someone to throw around a few ideas because otherwise you're just holding on to that and you haven't debriefed. You're just going, oh,
0: I'm really bad at my job. And and, (laughs) and the the relationship with that student can then be impacted, can't it? Yes, yes. If a teacher is listening and they would love to become a mentor, mm. is there an online course, or is it more about the personality or the experience? How would they go about doing that?
1: Well, I think it. it um, quite often, it's um, with uh, at QUT we actually go. Um, Through the Mentoring Beginning Teachers program, we actually, you know, meet up with teachers from a particular cluster or region and we do face-to-face learning of these skills. So they they actually have to learn to listen. They have to role play. They have to um, learn how to paraphrase what someone said to them, you know.
0: Um, And how to communicate maybe a deficiency or a a weakness. Yes, and to
1: give feedback in a sensitive way. You know, yeah. sometimes not all that we do, you know, my my example there is a prime example of not everything we do is actually good yes. and should be celebrated. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're learning. Sometimes we need to go, "Oh, I need to do change that around." I've, you know, and you learn a lot about yourself I think through those mentoring relationships. Sometimes people I think have blind spots. Um, you know, they may not be aware. Um, of aspects of their personality, that they they seek acceptance or, um, you know, they want to be rewarded or acknowledged for the good work they're doing. You know, you may not be aware of that. What's your blind spot? I don't
0: have any. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <that's> me either. <laughs> so, you know, you, you've painted, you've looked at, the stresses of teaching, and how to look after their wellbeing and how their job is constant. It doesn't end at 3.30. Uh, is it important, do you think, a teach for a teacher over a career to actually take time out?
1: It's mm, a good question. Um, I love it when I hear that teachers have taken time out um, because quite often they'll actually come to university and we get to see those teachers that um, want to still stay in the profession but explore, uh, maybe do some increased learning to actually rejuvenate themselves or... Um, take the time to explore a different career option. Um, One of the things that I work in is school guidance and counselling, you know, and we get really great experienced teachers that maybe want to take a slightly different path. Um, So for me, I think whenever you're, you're, you know, you're telling yourself that maybe I just need to step back for a while and take a look at the landscape again and see where I want to fit in, or not fit in, but, you know, um, and rejuvenate myself. I think that's very, like a very proactive way. Of Have you ever doing... taken
0: time out? Definitely. Yeah, it took ten <laughs> minutes ten months off. Why well, uh, was that prompted by? Can I ask? Was it prompted by stress? Um, yes, and maybe a career plateau at the time. Was, oh well, that's interesting. So, just walk me through that because. Uh, it, 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 a teacher in the same situation feeling that their career might have plateaued.
1: Yeah, so I needed to step away um, at a point in my time where I was felt like I was, um, that things had become less challenging and things were just almost robotic, that I could do all the things very confidently and comfortably but I wasn't actually being challenged or... Um, Expected to achieve anything higher at the time, and I think for people to keep moving forward, there needs to be something that's new and interesting that tests them to a degree. Um, when you take on a leadership role, you're not always—you don't always know if you can do it.
0: No, but you
1: step into that space and you actually learn as you're going, like our students, um, and you actually find out really great things about yourself. Usually, you know.
0: How important is upskilling here?
1: Upskilling, I think, is really important at definite times. And I think um, teachers that are often quite um, happy in their careers have made very conscious choices to step into leadership roles. And quite often, there's no monetary incentive to do that. It's because they are passionate about learning and doing something new and supporting the next generation of teachers.
0: So at what point of a teacher's journey should they consider that upskilling to keep rejuvenated and interested? I
1: think we keep track of teachers' Um, progression a little bit more now. Um, so, and I think that was, int- you know, when we actually introduced the Australian professional standards of teaching, there are different performance standards that they can move through. So from a graduate to proficient teacher um, to a highly accomplished and lead teacher. So there are actually progression milestones now that actually give teachers an indication of where they could be going next and what that role might look like. Yes. You know, there are indicators under that, that are just descriptive indicators indicators that sent, you know, say that when you're leading a staff meeting and giving professional learning to your colleagues, that you're leading a professional learning community, you're actually doing something at a higher level than from what a graduated teacher may be doing. So, um, and I think when you step into those roles, it makes your life interesting and you actually feel that you're contributing in a different way within your school environment.
0: Online courses have opened up a whole new world here too, haven't they?
1: Mm, most definitely, yes.
0: Um, are there positive stories you hear about how teachers have dealt with the stress that they've faced or that the plateau of their career that your students are coming back to you saying, oh, you know, this happened?
1: Mm, I think, uh, well, I'm in a p- very lucky position to actually hear about um, quite often... Um, when um, teachers are progressing within their careers they often make a change in their school that's really positive it might be that they have um, say for instance the you know they've never worked with teachers of different subject areas or disciplines they might have created a community of learners within that where they're both doing maybe some research around their teaching yes. that has inspired them again um, so there are lots of little things that go on in school schools that actually not only boost the morale of teachers because they're, you know, in charge and in control of their learning, um, but it actually helps for better teaching. It has a better outcome for our students.
0: So, Rebecca, we've been talking about mentoring. What's your top three tips for finding a mentor?
1: Find someone that you connect with. Find someone who's interested in progressing their careers alongside you and find someone who's going to help you set your goals and connect you to other people within the profession.
0: Dr Rebecca Spooner Lane, thank you. Thank you. That concludes this episode of podcast. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to know more about this topic, be sure to check the show notes where you'll find links that can take you through to rich sources of information and inspiration. PodClass is brought to you by the QUT Faculty of Education. If you'd like to keep learning, QUT offers a range of professional development and postgraduate study options. QUT, because the more you learn, the more they learn.